Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on this Tuesday edition of Breaking with Brett Jensen. 704-570-1110. As always, that's the telephone number. And guys, follow me on Twitter at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest in breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. And most of you know or have heard me talk about it considering what my professional background is before I came to WBT five years ago this month. This is the first time I'd ever really done news. And everything prior to that had been sports. Sports radio, but primarily as a sports writer. And done, you know, done, done a lot of TV um, in the sports world. Um, if you don't cl- include the edge on WCCB. But so I still understand a lot of things that go on in the world of sports. And it's still my wheelhouse. And it's still something that I can look at something and quickly analyze and be able to tell you, all right, here's what's going on. And here's what's most likely to occur based on 23 years of past experiences Having been to over 3,500 games in my life, and yes, that's a lot of national anthems. So I go to the game last night, and so I still cover the Panthers and do some stuff for the Panthers. Or not do stuff for them, but cover them for the station. And so I go there last night, and, you know, it's good to see everyone. And the stadium was, I don't know, three-fourths full, maybe maybe 80% full. And that's good for a season opener. Monday night football, 7 o'clock kickoff, so it's not too late. That's <clears throat> It was awesome. It was absolutely awesome having a 7 o'clock kickoff. Now, the traffic sucked a little bit uptown. Usually from my door, from the South Park newsroom, all the way to the parking deck near the baseball field for the media, it usually takes me anywhere from 20 to 25 minutes. Average is 22 on a normal Sunday, I can leave my house at noon, be in the parking deck at the latest, 1225, walk the 10 minutes to on the other side of the stadium where we have to check in for media, take the elevators up. Next thing you know, I'm in the press box by 1240. From beginning to end, it's 40 minutes. Now, last night, from beginning to end, it was about an hour 15 because traffic was bad, but hey, people working uptown on Mondays, and that's generally the way it happens. So, watching the game last night, and I got to be honest with you again, I talked about this a few weeks ago, it was good to sit back in the press box. Uh, I, I, 
I have just, I know this is spoiled, but that was part of my job forever. I just don't like sitting in the stands. I don't. But I don't have people standing in front of me or, you know, swearing all around me or getting drunk or whatever. I, I just, I don't know. I like it. Anyways, so the game last night. Panthers come out, look pretty solid their opening drive. You know, they march down the field, end up kicking a field goal. And from there, it went all downhill. All downhill. Last week, I was on WFNZ with Jeff Record, And it was last week, Monday. And he asked me what I thought about the Panthers game against the Atlanta Falcons when they lost 24 to 10. And I said, Carolina Panthers are in trouble. And I will be the first one to admit it. I came on this show the week before the season started and said, yeah, I, I could see seven, eight wins. And if things get lucky, nine wins, maybe fight for a playoff spot. Because I bought into the belief that the offensive line was going to be at least as good as it was last year. But it's not. The offensive line is in major disarray. Icky, the starting left tackle last year for the Carolina that was drafted last year, first round, third, fourth round, third or fourth, fifth, whatever it was overall. He's having major problems. He had problems in the preseason, and he's having problems now. And that's like I told you. I I try to tell people at WFNZ this. And I try to tell people, try to tell you guys, there are a lot of things that you can take from preseason games. A lot. One is, how is the pass blocking? Period. When you have your first team offensive line against the first team defense, how do they hold up? Well, they had issues the entire preseason. Major preseason, major issues. Well, we're seeing that now. Every time Bryce Young takes a snap, gets the ball at quarterback, if he tries to throw the deep ball deep, anything more than two seconds, he's already having to scramble and run for his life not to get decapitated. He's got a lot of people coming after him, a lot of people, because the offensive line's not doing their job. Icky's not doing his job. They might have to move him to guard at some point and get another left tackle. They said coming out of college, run blocking was his strength and pass blocking was his weakness. We we are seeing that weakness in all its shining glory. So, the first game. Bryce Young averaged 3.8 yards per pass attempt against Atlanta. I don't know. I didn't look. But my guess is that might have been the lowest in the NFL in the first week of the season. I don't know. If it wasn't the lowest, it was right near the bottom. Most quarterbacks average six, seven, eight yards per attempt. Not a completion, per attempt. Yesterday was 4.6. Once again, minuscule passing numbers. So when you don't have time to throw, and you don't have anyone to throw it to, That's not a good recipe for success. 
Carolina Panthers scored a throwaway, nothing touchdown, 58 minutes and 44 seconds into the game. In eight quarters, the Carolina Panthers have scored two touchdowns. You think it's going to get better? They'll go to Seattle this week. You think it's going to get better? Seattle's not that. Seattle's had has had issues its first two games defensively, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be a cure for the Carolina Panthers on the road. Maybe they'll come out and actually perform better. I don't know. But then after that, they got them. I think the Minnesota Vikings here, if I'm not mistaken, in two weeks. I mean, you're looking at a very potential 0-4, 1-6. I mean, we're talking about something that could be very difficult. Well, yeah, just looking at that schedule, uh, you do have Minnesota at home. Then you got to go to Detroit, to Miami. Loss, loss. And then you've got uh, C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson okay, back, back coming, into, uh, coming into Charlotte. So, so you, that's your so first you, real chance. So you're 1-6. You're Carolina's one and six, and with a little bit of luck, can be two and five. Here's the k- kicker, right in the uh, right in the nads. Here's the kicker. Carolina doesn't have a first round draft pick, so even if they're happy with Bryce Young and they weren't going to draft one of the star quarterbacks, and there's like three or four of them this year, you can't get your star wide receiver. You can't get your star offensive lineman. Unless you do another trade to trade up. But you can't really judge Bryce Young, and especially in two games. I mean, you're going to need a minimum of full season to see where he is now compared to the end of the season. And if the offensive line doesn't get any better, and if the receivers don't get any better, which there's no reason to believe that they will, you really can't judge what you have as a quarterback until the third or the fourth game of next season. Because if he's taking the snap and running for his life on every play, every time that he wants to throw it downfield, and he doesn't have time to do so, how are you supposed to judge him? How are you supposed to judge him? That offensive line is bad. It is bad. And I, I try to tell people, what you see in the preseason matters. There are certain things, whether it's a college spring game or the NFL preseason, When the starting offensive line is out there, how do they protect? And are there chunk plays if the starters are out there? Nobody cares about the second, third, and fourth teamers. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you have your starters out there, what do they look like, especially the offensive line and the defensive line? Everything else is a little subjective because the receivers aren't running their full, like they don't have the full playbooks and all that. But the offensive line and the defensive line, full bore. And if you're struggling in the offense in the preseason, oh, Lord, you're going to struggle most likely in the regular season. And that's exactly what's happening. So right now, I said last week, three, four, five wins most for the Carolina Panthers. After watching last week against Atlanta and after watching last night, in person, up close and personal, because you see so much more in person than you can ever see on TV. You get to see things. It's not the same. Sitting at home eating Cheetos and chicken wings is not the same as actually watching it in person. 
especially from the vantage point that they provide us in the media. This team's got major problems on offense. Defense is doing fine. Do, do, defense is doing all right. It's okay. It's okay. But it's being on the field. It's asked to be on the field a lot, and they're getting tired, and that's what's happening. Defense is doing. Defense is doing fine. It's that offense. And unless uh, Adam Thielen can shave fifteen years or ten years off his age, they're going to have problems at wide receiver. All right, we'll take some of your phone calls. If you got any questions or concerns about the Carolina Panthers, I'm here because we also want to talk to you about what does this mean for Frank Reich, the general manager, David Tepper, all the above, Shaq Thompson's injury, a lot to get into because this is our home team and the NFL rules the United States. It's just a fact. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Going up until 8 o'clock tonight, 704-570-1110. And guys, follow me on Twitter at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest in breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. All right, so a couple more things on the Panthers before we change topics. Bo asked me this morning, what do you think this does for Frank Reich? How much patience do you think David Tepper has with Frank Reich? I said, this isn't a Frank Reich thing. This is all going to be about Scott Federer, the general manager. He's the one that hasn't put together an offensive line. He's the one that hasn't brought in wide receivers. And people go, well, they traded away DJ Moore. Yes, they did. But he's not a game breaker. There's a difference. He, 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 I mean, he doesn't, he's not someone that the defensive coordinators are freaking out about and how they're going to stop. He's just not. He's a solid possession receiver. He's a good receiver. He's not a great receiver. So, Scott Fitter is the one, the general manager, that's going to have to start looking over his shoulder, especially if the Panthers really do only win three or four games this year and they don't have a first-round draft pick because they traded it away for Bryce Young. Now, do I think Scott Fitter is in trouble? No. But I think next year will be his last year if things don't turn around. Because he can, like, he wasn't in charge. Matt Rule, who is just not good, and I've had so many people say that he's just not a good person either. But Matt Rule was basically in charge of the roster. He was given that authority. And when he left... Now Scott Fitterer started getting rid of some of those players that Matt Rule wanted to bring in. And we know how well that worked out. So a lot of the, there's been a lot of turnover. And so Scott can say, look, I was trying to get rid of all these players that weren't very good. And it's going to take a year or two to get the players that we want. So he's got that in his hip pocket because he wasn't in control. Matt Rule was. So... By trading away this this up you know next year's first round draft pick and 
when you might have a chance to get one of the big stud quarterbacks and you're going to have Bryce Young? Okay. If they can trade up and either get another quarterback or a wide receiver or an offensive lineman, maybe that'll help. You can get free agent offensive linemen. You can find those. You can find really, really good ones. You can't find good free agent wide receivers unless they're 90 years old like DeAndre Hopkins to Tennessee. So Scott's got about another year or so. He's got this year and he's got next year, I think, to prove his, prove his salt. Uh, Shaq Thompson, horrible injury. He'll, you know, he's the biggest critic of turf. That was not a turf injury. He got slung into a guy, got slung into his foot, his leg, snapped his bone. That way, had nothing to do with the turf. So, so, it was a tough night all the way around if you're a Carolina Panthers fan. And you guys actually showed up last week. It'll be interesting to see how many people show up for Minnesota in two weeks, especially if they start out 0 3. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Going up until 8 o'clock, 704-570-1110. That's the telephone number, guys, and I want you guys to put it to good use here because I got something that I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about a situation that occurred with a Lincoln County commissioner. And I'm always curious, when something like this happens, what should be, what is the just punishment? Depending on where you work, it could mean immediate termination. This is an elected official, so what should this mean? But I want you to hear this brief report, and then we're going to discuss it. The second time in two years, a Lincoln County commissioner has been arrested for driving while intoxicated. WBTV learned that just yesterday, Anita McCall was arrested and charged for driving while intoxicated in Gaston County. The Gaston County Sheriff's Office website has the booking information for McCall. It notes she was brought in last night around 11. She's charged with possession of an open container and reckless driving. She was released from jail early this morning. This comes more than a year after the chairman of the Lincoln County Board of Commissioners, Carol Mitchum, was also arrested and charged with DWI. Moments ago, we got a statement from Commissioner McCall. She apologized and said she takes full responsibility for her actions. Jamie. For the past 25 years. So that's that's the thing. Anita McCall gets a DUI. Last year, the chair got a DUI, both out of Lincoln County. The question that I have is, you can apologize all you want. And, you know, what should the punishment be? Should she be forced to resign? Should she resign? I know that... Some jobs require you to actually be fired. And some jobs you go on and you're, if you're not fired, you're suspended for a month. I want to say the Observer had a couple of people get a DUI I don't know, over a decade ago. They weren't fired, but they were suspended without pay. WFNZ had someone over a decade ago. I don't think anything happened. I don't even think there was a suspension. But some jobs, you're fired on the spot. And I'm not sure about CMS. I've heard different tale about CMS, whether or not you get a DUI and you're fired, 
or if you're an, your teacher, you're not fired, but you're an administrator and you are, like, I don't know, because here's my question. Are you going to find out if you're a third grade teacher at some elementary school, how's somebody going to find out that you got a DUI? I mean, it would have to be someone at your school who saw the, the mud shots, you know, how they put out all those mud shots, unless the authorities somehow informed CMS. Oh, by the way, just to let you know that you had a third grade teacher popped for DWI or DUI. So I'm curious, I'm curious what you guys think about that. I'm always torn on that. I will say, if you're trying to govern me, and look, this goes with people in DC and everywhere else. We've all made horrible mistakes. We've all done things we probably shouldn't have done. But not all of us have ran for office. That's the big difference. And if you are the one that says, I am the person to lead you. I am the person that can set the rules in which you live your life by and set your taxes and everything else. If I say that and then I go out and get a DUI, Am I really fit to be the leader? Do as I say, not as I do? And this isn't necessarily against Anita McCall because she's not the first politician to get a DUI. I mean, hell, you had the chairman of Lincoln County get one last year. Two in a year from Lincoln County. So I tend to think if you're popped, be it D.C., be it a senator, I, I, I don't care. Now, obviously, things might change if you are a president. I, I, I get that. Because, well, first of all, the president's not driving, ever. So you don't even have to worry about it as the president. So that's not even a thing. But you're some lowly congressman out of Iowa that no one's ever heard of, and you get popped for a DUI? Okay. I don't know. I, I just... Because, you know... As they, as they say, it's the reason why MAD became so popular and so famous. It started in the mid-80s by a couple of mothers, MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Driving. And not to make light of the situation, but I remember there was also a t-shirt that said, Damn, Drunks Against Mad Mothers. But, uh, which actually I thought was kind of funny. But, but it's not... The harm that you're going to potentially do to yourself is the harm that you could potentially do to others. And I have a friend of mine who was involved in a very similar situation. He and his girlfriend, stone sober, a drunk sideswiped them. Her life has been changed forever in the most horrific way. He got 10 years. Didn't kill anybody. Damn near. And so it's what you could potentially do to innocent bystanders. So you're putting innocent people at risk should you be forced to resign. Should there be some kind of ethics code? 
put in there in terms of local government, state government, even Congress, Senate, should there be? Brett, it's just a DUI. He didn't shoot anybody. He didn't kill anybody. He could have. That's the point. He actually could have. Or she, in this case, could have. And I'm just curious about that. Like I said, I, I go back and forth on this because, like I said, we all make mistakes, but not all of us choose to run for public office. And here's my big thing about politicians. Here's what I always say about politicians. If I ask you a question, you can answer it. Because you singularly chose to run and represent the people. No one forced you. This wasn't a promotion that you got a job or something that your bosses made you do or your family made you do. This is something you consciously chose to do. And when you consciously choose to do something to represent the public and represent the people, I have no, I have no sympathy for you. I don't, especially when you're supposed to be held to a higher standard and be a little bit holier than thou. So that's why I say you chose to do this and represent the people so you can answer a question. If I ask you a question, you can actually answer it because this is what you chose to do. No one forced you to do it. No one forced you to run for office. And if you get a DUI, maybe you should resign. I, I, I tend to lean that way. I really do. Let's go to uh, Nate and Charlotte. I appreciate you calling and listening, Nate. Thanks a lot, buddy. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for doing what you're doing. Look, I, don't, I just first, first I want to tell you, I don't bring any bias to this. I, I don't drink. I have never been drinking and driving. You know, I don't, I don't approve of it. I hate that, just like you do. But I think the penalties for drinking and driving are whatever criminal penalties that there are for whatever misbehavior. And with politicians, you're going to get on a slippery slope if you say that the remedy for bad politicians is anything other than elections. And that's a hard thing to say about somebody that, you know, killed somebody drinking and driving. But, you know, and I'm just that's my belief about that. Well, the problem is, though, should someone be forced to resign if they get caught shoplifting or stealing or grand theft auto if they're a politician? Well, you, you, you can't have the government coming after politicians is what I'm trying to say. And if make you are if you are found guilty, of, no, my, my thing is it's not the government, but if you are found guilty of a crime such as drunk driving where you lose your license or yep. grand theft auto or anything like that, and, you know, stalking, um, spousal abuse, if you're found guilty sure. of these crimes, shouldn't you be, if after the trial, if you're found guilty, shouldn't you be forced to resign? Again, Hard for me to say because I don't like any of those crimes, but in my humble opinion, if you even add murder to that and you're convicted of all of that, then you go to jail for a whole bunch of years, but you don't lose your office until people unelect you. Mm. Or, or, you know, if you're in the House, the House of Representatives will throw you out, which is fine. But there's rules for politicians about their offices, and really... I think SCOTUS and everybody else has decided elections is the best way to do that. Otherwise, you, you get like some of what's being done right now at the presidential level, and you can't do that. I appreciate the phone call, Nate. Thanks, buddy. I will tell you, I, I do disagree with you. There's a code of conduct and there's a code of ethics. Those are already in place. They're already there. And you could easily add this to the code of conduct and code of ethics. They're, they're already in place. You absolutely can do that. 
And so, so yeah, saying that you can't get involved, they already have to go by a set of rules. There's no reason to say that you can't throw these in there when it actually considers or concerns law and order. Corey, thanks for calling, bud. I appreciate it. Hey, Z. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No disrespect to the young man that just calls you, but I was just screaming and hollering in the car right now. You asked a straightforward question. That's our problem. Politicians commit crimes. They are and should be held to the same standard as us. Not an election should decide whether or not they keep the office. They committed a crime. We got police officers, military, preachers, school teachers. You commit crime, you are you should do the time. So what about DUI? Is DUI fall into that court category you think where it's they should resign? If Corey commits a DUI, gets convicted, it gets back to my job, that's ramification. Yeah. There is for me. We I know like that. We live on a totally different planet or something. You're 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 right about that, Corey. If if I got a DUI, there would be ramifications here, absolutely. And I'm not even a politician. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I, Corey, thank you for calling, but I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thanks, sir. Yeah, I I I tend to agree with Corey on this one. I really do. I tend to agree with Corey on this one. All right. So look, when we come back, we're going to go straight to your phone calls. All right, everyone. I'm Brett Jensen. Well, just one second. I got to wait for Tommy to get over here. Right, he's answering your phone calls. So, look, we're going to put you on hold real quick. We're going to come right back and we're going to continue taking your phone calls. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. I am Brett Jensen. All right. So politicians, they get a DUI, like the one in Lincoln County. Should they be forced to resign? Or other stuff like, you know, you know, spousal abuse or stalking or grand theft auto or breaking and entering or whatever. If they are convicted, drug use, selling drugs, whatever. If they're convicted, should they be forced to resign? We are... One vote no, one vote yes. Let's see how we go now with uh, Stephen. Thanks for calling, Stephen, and holding through the break. I appreciate it, buddy. Uh, no problem. Just to, just to be a devil's advocate a little bit, I kind of a – hold on, let me fix this. To be a devil's advocate a little bit, but um, I think the guy that was talking about, yes, to go ahead and uh, – or don't prosecute, it's all a bait on voting. What, what if your uh, – Say you're protesting outside an abortion clinic, and the FBI sends SWAT team after you. What if you're uh, protesting your sheriff's deputy, and you're protesting uh, men in your daughter's bathroom, and you're arrested for that? I know you're not being uh, being prosecuted, or you haven't been found guilty yet. But when more and more people see things like that, I think that's what they're thinking about when they're not trusting the justice system. Well, I think there's a difference between a misdemeanor and having your license suspended for you, where you could literally kill somebody. Like, does, oh, I agree with that, but I'm just thinking that's what people are seeing in their minds. That's yeah, like, because, you know, and like, there are there's already the rules and ethics committee and all that stuff's already up there. And so, you know, if you are convicted and they could list just like they did in North Carolina, I think there's five crimes that if they're convicted, convi- like, um, and, you know, 
an illegal immigrant is convicted in North Carolina of five particular crimes, the sheriff must, without exception, immediately cooperate with ICE. And they just passed that rule, and it's five specific crimes. They're all violent crimes. And there could be crimes that go, okay, drunk driving, you know, stalking, whatever the case may be. And so they could add in the set of rules within the ethics uh, that they've already have in place. That's just my thoughts. I agree. I just think people are seeing everything as being unfair and not accurate anymore. Well, I, I I don't disagree with that, and I and I do appreciate the phone call. Thanks thanks a lot there, Stephen. And and I understand that, but when it's not the Department of Justice, which is controlled by the federal government, like if it's a state, like nobody's controlling the Gastonia Police or Gaston County Police. I mean, that's that's it's not the federal government controlling that. Mark and Charlotte, thanks for calling and holding on through the break, Mark. I appreciate it, bud. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, my only question is, and I don't know the answer is, but is if you are convicted of drunken driving, is that a felony? And if you're a convicted felon, can you even serve in office? Okay, so um, actually you can serve in office if you're a convicted felon because the Charlotte voters just elected one in District right. 3 for Charlotte City Council. and But no, it is not a con- uh, dr- drunk driving is not a felony. Okay. Okay, because I mean, I think it, obviously if the voters get hold of the information, the person probably going to win office anyway. But if you're a convicted felon, and obviously we just elected one here in Charlotte, but that's not the easiest thing to run <laughs> run a campaign on. <laughs> yeah, you're 100 percent right. You're 100 percent right. Yeah, uh, District Four, no, excuse me, District Three. Um, a woman. She spent four years in the federal penitentiary. Yeah. So good luck running on a platform of that. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Mark. I appreciate it. All right, let's get one more phone call in here before we go off into the night. And we've got Trent calling from Monroe. I appreciate you calling and listening, Trent. Yeah, thank you so much. Great to hear you. I love you on the radio, brother. Hey, yeah, real simple. Life is about a series of choices. We make choices, and there are consequences of those choices. And if we make a bad choice, we need to pay for it. I don't care if you're a regular person or if you're actually in government one way or the other. You know, sort of like what Corey said, and this is where I fall in with Corey. You know, Corey said if he got a DUI, that there would be ramifications at his job. If I got a DUI, I honestly don't know if I would have a job. I honestly don't know. Because being a public figure and in the public eye and on the radio and getting able to talk to you guys, you know, every night and stuff like that. I honestly don't know if I would have a job. I know at the very least I would be suspended probably. Yep. But and I, and I, I didn't choose to I run and represent the people. Years. If I got a DUI, I couldn't look my students in the face. Yeah. That's, that's the point. That, that's the thing. And I just – that's why I'm going – when you are a politician, in my eyes, you're, you're, you're held to a higher standard because you chose to represent the people. No one forced you. You did this on your own. So, Absolutely. Hey, thanks a lot, Trent. I appreciate it, buddy. You have a blessing. All right. Well, I appreciate everyone calling tonight. I, like I said, I love conversations like this. Um, when I used to do my old sports show, I'd try to go off the rails and I'd just go, should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame? Like, no. I, I like to get into deep discussions like this. And I think this is a pretty good discussion. So I appreciate everyone who chimed in. And, you know, here's the thing. There are no wrong answers because these are just opinions. All right, everyone, we're going to do this all over again tomorrow. I appreciate everyone who called in, and thanks for listening. I'm Brett Jensen, and you've been listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen.